You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. I'm excited about what God's put on my heart here. And it's always an honor and a, a, a privilege to be able to get up here and share the Word of God. I'm, I'm excited also that uh, the last couple times I had my braces on, okay? So I'm braceless free. Uh, I've been delivered, praise God. <clears throat> Man, what an experience. I'll tell you what, <clears throat> I'm glad it's over. And uh, it was funny because the young lady, I go in the office and she goes, well, Mr. Richard, how do you feel getting your braces on? I said, well, I feel kind of funny, you know, I'm uh, 55 years old and I'm getting, just now getting braces, you know. And she said, oh, honey, don't worry about that. We had a 94-year-old woman got braces last week. I said, oh, really? <laughs> 94? I guess she was wanting to straighten them babies up right there at the last <laughs> in her life, huh? So 94, go for it, girl. Hey. <clears throat> So praise God, I won't be issuing towels out for uh, the front because, man, just trying to pronounce your words and all that good stuff. Let's go on. Talking about press through, okay? <clears throat> press through also means push through, okay? God wants us to win in life. I don't know about y'all, but I like to win. Y'all remember the message Stephen preached a while back talking about being winners in life? God wants us to win, Okay? Some people miss out, I truly believe God, some people miss out on God's best because they don't continue to press through by faith. We must learn to press through those hard spots in life. We all have them. Our breakthrough could be just around the corner. Okay, turn with me to Mark chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 1, going through verse 12. My dad, I remember my dad's quote, It says, winners never quit, and quitters never win. Look at your neighbor and say, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. If you get anything out of this message, don't quit, okay? God has a blessing just around the corner for you. If you look right here in Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12, okay? This is a story about... uh, Four guys bring their, their, their friend, which is paralyzed, they bring him to Jesus. All friends should bring uh, their, their friends to Jesus. Look at verse 1. It says, And again, he, Jesus, entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Who was in the house? Jesus was in the house. Okay? Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And what did he do? He preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic, who was paralyzed, who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And it says, when Jesus saw their faith, you got to realize this... I mean, here, here are these four guys. I don't know if they've heard about Jesus or, or been healed by Jesus or what it was, but they've got this uh, friend of theirs that's paralyzed. I don't. It doesn't say how long or, or whatever, but they're saying, man, we got to get you to Jesus. I believe Jesus can heal your body, okay? So they, they I'll just give him a name, Jim Bob, just so that y'all know who I'm talking about. He's the one that's paralyzed, Jim Bob, all right? So you got four guys, they're carrying him on this mat. Okay, and they're, I don't know, it doesn't say if they were five miles away, 
two miles away, 10 miles away. They might've been right around the corner. And I don't know how much Jim Bob weighed. So they're all four, but I believe they're talking on the way saying, man, I tell you what, that Jesus, man, he, he, he heals people. He raises the dead. And I mean, they just begin to build, you know, each one's faith and they're okay. So they get to the house and it's too crowded. So they had two choices. They could have said, well, <laughs> Jim Bob, I'm sorry, brother. Uh, we're going to have to come back another time or we're going to have to just, you know, get this later. Get to... But no, they were persistent and they pushed through. They pressed through, even through the crowd. Okay? So they finally, they, they said, all right, well, well uh, how are we going to do? One guy said, hey, man, back then they said they used to have a, 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 a stairway going up the roof. So you got to picture this. These guys, they're carrying this. It's hard enough to carry a guy on this mat with these, you know. But now you're going upstairs and you're trying to, I don't know if they had Jim Bob tied in or so he won't fall out or not that he would feel anything. But anyway, I'm just saying they, they had it set up to where they had go up and, and, and now they got to figure out where was Jesus at? Well, I think he was right there. And so he started peeling the roof back. Now, I don't know if they opened the whole roof where they laid him flat. You open a big hole, or they just did a small hole. They just strapped Jim Bob in and, and, and just let him down, kind of like this. And when he got in front of Jesus, he went, what up? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it says they saw their faith. It wasn't the paralyzed man's faith. It was the four guys that brought him and got him to Jesus. Yeah. And look at this. It says... When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And then it goes on, drop on down verse 10. It says, but that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he rose, took up his bed, went out in the presence of them all. So that they all were amazed and glorified God saying, we never seen anything like this. Now, you got Jim Bob, man. I find it funny. Jesus didn't say, just get up and be healed. He said, get up, get your bat, and go home. So here he is. He, the thing that they carried him in on, now he's wrapping it up, and he's carrying it home as a testimony for the goodness of God. So he's walking. He said it was crowded, right? And so he's probably going through the crowd going, oh, boom, oh, pow, excuse me, oh, excuse me, boom. And he's hit, you know? So they seen, they were like, wow, <laughs> this guy was paralyzed. I don't know. It doesn't say how long he was paralyzed. Now he's walking. And I believe he went home, hung that thing up and said, yeah, that was me. But now see what Jesus done in my life. He healed my body. So when I'm trying to say they could have quit, but they didn't, they were persistent. They said, no, we're going to get him to Jesus. If you got to tear the roof off, we're going to tear the roof off. So that's what they did. Me and Missy, uh, back in 2003, I stepped out in faith. We built a new home. We uh, felt we had the green light. And what we did, we had a little small house on the property. We sold it off, got some money, and we poured a slab. Okay? So we got the green light, man. We're walking, stepping out in faith, man. So uh, we got the slab poured. Praise God. We're excited, you know. I go to work the next day, and uh, they called me in the other day, Mr. Richard, we need to talk to you. I said, yeah, sure, what's the matter? I go up in there and said, uh, sorry, uh, we're having a reduction of force. <laughs> I said, oh, praise the Lord. 
I said, really? <laughs> okay. So I get my walking papers, get my green, my, my pink slip, and I walk out. I'm driving home. I'm serious. I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. <laughs> I'd laugh, and I was like, really? Is this? So the day we were going to sign the construction papers, I get laid off. And then the people at the bank said, well, I can't believe you quit your job. Do you honestly think I quit my job when I'm building a new house? I mean, come on. So I told man, I said, man, we're just going to believe God. We're going to walk this thing out by faith. So I had a guy at the church. He said, uh, oh, I heard you got a slab pour. Yes, sir. He says, uh, he's a carpenter. Got his own kind. He said, work's kind of slow. He said, I tell you what, why don't I come over there? You and I build the house. Okay, sounds good to me. Four to six months, we built that house, drawn unemployment. See, it didn't go the way I thought. I would have never went that way, but God's God. He made it, and he got it done. And praise God, we got to live in it for a whole year until God called us over here to Dayton, Texas. <laughs> and Missy was like, and David said, man, we'd like y'all to come over here and be youth pastors. And Missy's eyes kind of lit up, and I was like, ooh, that's the devil. That's the devil. That can't be God. But finally, it was God, so we moved. But I believe uh, we, we miss out on God's best. If we don't stay hooked up, walking in faith, doing what we're supposed to do. You know, Mark chapter 5. Okay, turn with me there. Uh, Mark chapter 5, just a couple chapters after that. And y'all have heard of this story, the woman with the issue of blood. Okay, I'm going to start with verse 21. Talking about Jairus, it says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, to Jesus, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jesus by name, uh, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. What did Jesus say? So Jesus went with him, and a great uh, multitude followed him and thronged him. And thronged means pressed, okay? They're pressed around him. Okay, while they're going to do this, to go lay hands on this, his daughter, it says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but grew worse. Man, she's in a bad state. But she heard of Jesus. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And look, and Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Now, you got to realize these people are throwing, they're all, you know, they're, they're, they're pressing him, you know. And look at his disciples and said, but Jesus, his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you there, you know, and you say, who touched me? Really? And he looked around. He, he, I mean, they're all in his face and everything. He's looking around. He's going, who touched me? It was by faith that touched him, the power. And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing, trembling, knowing what, she, what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. She could have quit at any time. Man, there's too many people right here. 
I, I can't make it to Jesus. But she kept saying within herself, be careful what you're saying within yourself. Yeah. said, if I could just touch, the, I don't have to touch Jesus. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 14. Look what the Apostle Paul says here. Starting verse 7. It says, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet, indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. Paul knew, just like us, we're not perfect by any means. But what he said, he said, I'm not perfect, but I'm telling you what, I'm pressing on to the things of God, okay? He said that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of me. Brethren, again, he said, brother, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, he said, one of the main things I do, he said, I, I, one thing I do, I forget those things that are behind. And that's what we need to realize. We, we need to realize that our past is the past. That's exactly what it is. We, we can't change the past, but we can change today, tomorrow, and our future. Okay. And, and, and a lot of people dwell on their path. I remember back, David knows this, back when we were rodeoing, bull riding. Man, I would have loved to ride all the bulls, but that didn't happen. I bucked off, and I bucked off quite a few. But you know what? I got to the point to where you, you've got to let those things go. You will buck off, and that's in life. You will buck off sometimes. You just got to let it go. Okay, and there was a lot of bull riders that couldn't get over that. They're sitting there concentrating on last week's bull ride in Houston that they bucked off at 7.999 seconds. <laughs> you can't go back and get on that bull. So let it go. Learn your mistakes. Maybe you should change this, do this and that. Or maybe he just bucked you off. You got to let it go. Okay, so that's what we've got to do. We've got to let things go that are in our past. I mean, uh, Missy and I... Uh, we uh, had a, the old blue car. Was it Ford Taurus? I believe it was. I mean, it was time to just get rid of it. It was just that time. You know, the AC was broke. Uh, the uh, things were falling off of what have you. So we, this was a, the quickest decision my wife ever made in her life. I mean, it usually takes her a while. She got online. She was looking. I got this Ford Edge. I sure like it. It's black. Let's go get it. They close at 5. It's Two o'clock. I said, okay, when it's in Houston. I said, well, let's do it. So we took off, man, put the AC on, put the windows down, 75 mile an hour AC. 
uh, and when the AC's broke, you know, and when we get on Highway 90, we turn on Highway 90, boom, something. I, she said, what was that? I said, that was the mirror that just flew off the, off the door. Do we need to turn around again? I said, no, that's in the past. We're going in the new. <laughs> We're not going to get that. And that's what we did. We went and got a newer vehicle. We're going to let that mirror just stay on the side of the road. We don't need that no more. So we got to let the past be the past and enjoy today. We can, our choices today will make a difference for our tomorrow and our future, okay? And look at this in verse, also in that, in that chapter in Philippians, look at verse 17. It says, brethren, join, this is uh, Paul, it says, brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. The Gospels may not yet have been in circulation. So Paul could not tell them to read the Bible to see what Christ was like. Therefore, he urged them to imitate him. That Paul could tell the people to follow his example is a testimony to his character. I've got two questions. Can you and I do the same? Can we say, follow me as I'll follow Christ? And question number two, what kind of follower would a new Christian become if he or she imitated you and I? I'll let you chew on that. I've chewed on that in a while. Because people are watching. My son's watching. Your sons are watching. Your daughters, your wife, your mom, your dad. People are watching us. So, let's go on. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, it says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. So we go through things. I don't know why. It's, it's amazing how, you know, when things, things aren't going right or, you know, things get hard, people, you know, and, and, and the first question, yeah, we need to ask, am I in sin? You know, something, you know. But could it be that we're doing something right? Yeah. Think of Job. Could it be that we're doing something right? Okay? And, and, and there's always, yeah, I understand it's decisions and stuff like that. It could be maintenance. It could be bad decisions that we make. I know... Uh, And when we're being pressed, are we still bearing the image of Christ? Or what kind of people do we become? And it's tough. I had to, man, I'll tell you what, I went through a mashing a while back and I had some stuff come out. I was like, oh my gosh, that's not godly. <laughs> Just being real, man. I'm like, hmm, where'd that come from? But you know what? I'm working on that. I'm working on that. And then, then that's okay. When stuff comes up, we don't just push us out. Oh, that's me. <laughs> it's always been me. Pride. That's pride. <laughs> Say, no, Lord, let's work on this. Yeah. I need that edge kind of worked out. Yeah. <clears throat> Ray, we uh, went on a fishing trip. They got a camper. We got a boat. I mean, perfect pair. Hey, let's go <laughs> camping. Let's fish. So it worked out, you know. So we went to Lake Livingston. <clears throat> we fished at the dam. Uh, excuse my French, but uh, 
I'm working on that. But uh, he said, Kent, you're like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when you're fishing. I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, people, y'all do know me that when I fish, I am kind of, I'm kind of competitive, you know, a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I enjoy, I, I, I enjoy fishing, you know. So uh, I looked this up, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And it says, use in a reference to a person or thing that alternately displays two different sides to their character or nature. So, I mean, and I'll tell you, just, okay, we went fishing in Livingston. All right, so we, we'd been fishing all week, man, been tearing the fish up and all that. We, we decided we're going to go to the dam. And again, we're... And eating, and I said, man, this would be, so we go, we back up the boat, and you know, everything's hunky-dory, we back up the boat, and I'd start it up, back off the trailer, and Ray takes off to go put the truck and trailer up, so at this time, I'm backing up, and, and I put it in reverse, well, then I was trying to put it in forward to try to get back to the bank to pick up Ray, well, it wouldn't go forward. I'm like, okay, what's the deal? We well, still started. It would go in reverse, but I couldn't go forward. So I'm like, man, something—it ain't right, you know. So, all right. So, well, then it died out. Well, then it wouldn't start again. I'm like, seriously? I mean, it's bad. I can't. It won't start now. It won't go nowhere. So, and I'm wanting to go fishing. I got fishing on my brain, you know. So I'm, I'm serious. So uh, now I got to put the trolling motor. They got rocks and stuff right there. I got to drop the trolling motor to move, you know, and you got to be careful and all that. Well, and Ray, he's so compassionate. You know, he walks up to the side, and I mean, my, I, may, I got smoke coming out of my ears. I'm trying to, you know, and, and he goes, Hand, what's the deal? Dude, really? My boat just broke. I can't go forward, can't go backwards. I can't start. I can't, and I'm trying to pick you up. And, and he, he ain't got a clue. He just wants to get in the boat and ride. So I'm like, <laughs> so we get in the boat. So, and I was like, we're going fishing. <laughs> I'm telling you, we are going fishing. So what we did, we dro- I told Missy, we dropped the trolling motor. We took off. I said, do you see that dam over there? You, you go right over there, okay? So then Shiloh launches his boat, praise God, and he comes in there. We would have made it with the trolling motor, but he come in there, he passes up, and he, hey, look, <laughs> throws a rope, <laughs> ties on the front, and we get there a little faster. <laughs> so little did I know, we go up there, and then right there at the dam, they got post that you can't cross that to get close to the dam, you know? So he hauled us up there, you know, and cut the ropes loose, and I got up by that pole, tied it off. Little did he know, he cut us loose in the honey hole. I'm telling you, God works this stuff out, man. I'm telling you, it just amazed me. And I mean, at first I was in the cave. Oh, that's what it was. When we took off, Ray's got his hind end up. He's up underneath the, the, the steering wheel. He's going, oh, bad. Nope, that fuse is good. That fuse is good, you know. And you'd have had to have been there. Missy's on the trolling motor heading to the dam. Tracy's over here going, uh, Kent, just entertain me for a little bit. Can you put the cowling back on? Maybe it's a safety deal why it ain't starting. I was like, I'm begging you, Tracy. It's not the cowling. <laughs> it's not the cowling. Trust you. Uh, we're going fishing. It don't have nothing to do with that, okay? <clears throat> so, so, I mean, it's just chaos, man. I'm trying to, and I'm trying to get to the fishing hole, you know? So we got there, praise God. So we get up there, and man, we start wearing these fish out and stuff. 
And you have to see. Can you, can you, that first, that first picture? Look at there. If we wouldn't, now I had two choices. I could have, when the boat broke, I could have <laughs> threw my sucker in the, in the dirt and quit. Oh, I'm going home. No, we were determined we're going fishing. Look what we did. Look what God brought. I'm telling you, God brought a bounty. And look at there. And we, not, them are white bass on each side. And then them are stripers in the middle. Okay? And they were kind of not, you know, swimming through there lately. Going to the next picture. Look here. Tracy. Tracy got a fish, big fish, 5.8. Next picture. Look at her. Her big 5.8. Yeah. Uh, uh. What does that say? 6.2? Oh, oh, you can go to the next one. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, I end up catching two, you know, and mine just so happened to be 6.2, but who's keeping track? You know, I mean, not me. But God can work that stuff out. And, and, and Ray prayed on the way back, you know, that the trim would work to be able to get it up on the trailer, and it worked. But you'd had to been there, man. It was, and I'm learning, you, you can have fun in the chaos, you know, you just got to lighten up and laugh a little bit. Man, I'm sitting there, and Ray, I'm, people that fish with me, y'all know I carry five or six rods with me. And that's for me, because I, like I don't like to cut loose and retie and all that. Well, this time, if you bring Brother Ray fishing, you need to bring five rods. There was, I mean, I don't know what he was doing. I was like, and, and I said, Ray, throw it and keep your thumb closed. Don't let it hit the water. I mean, there was, I mean, just boom. Not a bird's nest, it was an eagle's nest. I'm like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. Three of them, three of the rods. We couldn't do nothing. I said, just cut it. And me, I'm about fishing. Just cut that. I got another rod. I'm running out, but put it, put it, put it in, the, in the deal and we're going to fish. So, and I told him, he had three in the box. And finally I said, dude, my wife's got a closed face rule. You're fixing to go to that if you don't. And then you got... And what's funny, you got Tracy over there. I was watching her, man. She's fishing. And every once in a while, she'd get a bird's nest. She was doing good, you know? So finally, she goes, Kent, check out my rod. What's... So I said, let me see that. So I took it, and I looked at bait. Well, <laughs> Ray had set her up. And, and what he did is he put the, the, the string through the holes. Last one, he did a half hitch and put it through the hole <laughs> and tied the bait. I said, now, Ray... Now, I know we're competitive and everything. I like to win just as much as you do, but dude, you can't do that to your wife. Man, that ain't the Christian thing to do. So me, I had to do the Christian thing. I cut it loose and, and run it right and did it. I was like, dude, you need to go repent and come to the altar or something. And then you got Missy over there. She, she did good. I got to admit, she don't throw open face much. She's throwing, the, you know, and the next thing you know, I, she, I got one. I, I look over there and they have a guy over here with a boat beside us. Well, she lifts up on the rod a uh, little to, all of a sudden, when she lift up, his, his, his anchor rope would go. Whoop. I said, uh, wait a minute. I don't think you've got one. He's not swimming. I'm serious. I think I got one. And the, rod, and the rope would go up. I said, Missy, I'm begging you. Now, y'all got to realize, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to fish. I'm just trying to enjoy myself fishing. And she did that not once, but twice. We left, that guy left out here. I got two of y'all's baits. Y'all want them back? And I'm like, really? I'm just trying to enjoy myself a little fishing, you know? I mean, it was hilarious, but praise God. God, God brought that stuff 
you know, you can have fun in the chaos. You know what I mean? So when, when we're being pressed, or we, we like that, that, that sweet tasting orange juice when it's squeezed. Now, I'm not telling you sitting here and I'm perfect. All I can say is, man, I tell you what, when my, when my boat was broke and I had all that stuff going on, I was growing in the spirit like Jesus, man. I was, I, I was frustrated, man. I was like, I wasn't going this blankety blank blank and casting out that, the broken boat demon and, and all that stuff. And some people, blame, you know, some people say, you know, well, golly, that, the devil, the devil. No, it could have been my maintenance of the boat that made it broke. You ever think about it? Let's just, let's, I think the devil gets too much rap. It does, really. It just, you know, it broke. Stuff happens, you know? So anyway, I mean, it, it just, it amazes me how, you know, but we got to continue to move on and move forward. God is more concerned about our character than our comfort. Man, I'm telling you, when you get in those spots, man, it'll test your your character. Your true character will come out. And uh, it gets tough sometimes. You know, you think about, I want to turn with Exodus uh, chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. You look at this. We're, uh, y'all know the story about the crossing of the Red, uh, the Red Sea crossing. Look in verse 13. And it says, And Moses said to the people, this is when they, they're, they're, they're going, they're right there at the edge, Pharaoh's coming on them, and, you know, oh, we should have, you know, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness, blah, 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 and then they're whining and crying. And then Moses said, said to the people, Do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Look at verse 15. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel, Go forward. And then he told him, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. He just told him to go forward. Well, my big motor wouldn't start. All I had was my trolling motor. I just set her down and we went forward. And that's what we need to do when we get in situations. I mean, there's sometimes, I I know it, I I get, it's like, God, where are you? (laughs) I feel like I'm, I'm alone, you know, but we're never alone. He says he never leave us nor forsake us. When we going through those hard spots, realize that God, he, it says in that about the, the, Red, the, the Red Sea crossing, he says, I'm going to get my glory. Yes. Let me tell you something. God ain't sitting up there and he sees you, you know, you're going through a hard spot. And I'll tell you what, God's going, I'm get my glory if they'll just stay hooked up. Yeah. That's right. A lot of people quit. They throw in the towel. Ah, where's God? Tell you what, just because, like the song says, just because we don't see nothing doesn't mean he ain't working. That's right. And that's where we can have that peace knowing that God has got my back. He's not only going before me, he's behind me. He's got this, okay? And we'll close with this. Luke chapter 5. One through eight. 
It says, so it was, so it was, as the multitude pressed, again, the word pressed upon him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Jacinaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. They were done. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. He says, nets, not net. Let down your nets for a catch. But Simon, look what he said. He said, but Simon answered, said to him, Master, we have told all night and caught nothing. They were washing the nets. We're, they're done, man. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. He didn't let down his nets. He let down a net. Sometimes we shortchange God and what God wants to bring us. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net, net was breaking so that they signaled so that their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. I want to stop right there. I know a lot of times we... We're not perfect by any means. And I think that's a lot of our, while we stop dreaming, while we stop believing God for better things, bigger things, uh, working things out in our lives because we're sinful men. But you know what? When we repent and we confess our sin, he says he's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let me tell you what, I want my children blessed. Yeah. That's the same way with God. He wants you and I blessed in our marriages, in our finances, our careers, our relationships. He wants us to win in life. The, the, the word is clear. John 10, 10 says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I don't know about you, but I've been getting a revelation how God, let me tell you something. This might, God loves Kent Richard. Some people go, oh, well, that's kind of, but you know what's even better? God loves each and every one of you. And he wants the best for each and every one of you. He's no respecter of persons. What he does for me, David, he'll do for all of us. Yes. He loves you. Man, I was sitting there praying this morning or this evening working. And, and I just felt, Lord, give me a word. Tell them I love them. And I want the best for them. I want them to win in life, in their marriages, their finances, their careers, their relationships, and their relationship with me. God wants 
us to win in life. So I want you to say it with me. God loves me. Say it like you mean it. God loves me. <laughs> God loves me. And we need to say that to ourselves and realize that he does love us. And he wants us to win in life. Father, I just praise you and I love you. I thank you again, Father, that as we trust you, Father, even in the hard times, Father, you said that you, in Proverbs, you said you'll be with us in troubles. And Father, there's sometimes life throws curves at us and we don't understand it. We don't, we, we, you know, but we, we realize that you are God and that you are in control and that we can trust you wholeheartedly knowing that you're a good God, you're a good Father, and that you're out for our best interests. And Father, we just thank you. Let these people tonight, Father, just bathe them with the presence of God, the Holy Spirit in their life. Love, love, love over each and every one of them like they've never felt it before. A special child. And I thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.